Chris Sasser says we need relationships with our children. They might be suffering through a mental crisis or even dealing with emotional baggage. So Chris has joining me today and wrote the book, Bags Helping Your Kids Lighten the Load. In your book, you have eight different bags, yep. um, starting with the top ones that parents should be most aware of right now which is relationships, performance, and identity. Yes, ma'am. Can you talk about those? So as I was um, over the years kind of thinking through what is it that we could do as a church to better help parents, uh, there's a guy named Chep Clark. Chep is uh, one of the kind of the gurus of family ministry in our country. He lives out in, in, I believe, Washington now, was at a seminary in California. And I heard Chep say one time that what parents have done is they have subcontracted the spiritual lives of their kids to the church. And that just resonated with me because it was part of the reason why I had a job as a youth pastor was because parents had done that. And so in the same way that parents will, you know, get a coach for their son or daughter to get better in soccer, or they'll get a tutor for them to get better in, in school, they'll, they'll just sort of send them to the church and either the children's pastor or the, the youth pastor to kind of fix their kids spiritually. And that just sort of burdens me. And in the midst of kind of trying to figure it out in that burden, my wife and I were doing premarital counseling with young adult couples. What I did was I played this game with them as I said, okay, um, act like you don't know us. And again, sometimes we knew one of them. Sometimes we knew both of them, but I said, act like you don't know us and tell us your life story, your family story, and your faith story. And what they would do is they would just unload on us. Uh, just all the different things kind of going on in their life. And really, it was it was a lot of the, the baggage that they had accumulated over their life. Some of that we knew about, some of it we didn't. But I just remember they would leave that first night and, and, and I'd look at my wife and I, I would just kind of be sad. And I would say, holy smoke, honey, they, they have so much emotional baggage that they have no idea what to do with. And they were heading into what, you know, is hopefully one of the most exciting times of their life and getting married. And they just needed to, to deal with all this baggage. And so, of course, the next four or five weeks are helping to unpack some of those bags. Well, I, I'm a diehard optimist. I've actually kind of by a good friend been called stupidly optimistic before. So I just started thinking, like, what about our kids? Because at that point, our kids were super young. And I started thinking what a lot of parents think, like, what are my kids going to be saying when they're in counseling, when they're in their 20s? And just thinking through, like, do my kids have to have all of this emotional baggage? I'm not naive enough to think that we can get through life and not have, you know, accumulated some bags. But what if I could help my kids and your kids and anybody's kids just sort of lighten the load along the way? And, and get to their young adult years and just be healthier emotionally, healthier spiritually, healthier relationally, healthier mentally. Obviously, we've got just this mental health crisis. And part of what I believe is that it's, it's because these kids are carrying so much baggage that they have no idea how to process. And so I started doing focus groups with young adults and college students. I started um, you know, kind of reflecting back on my years of ministry and, and then I never really aspired to write a book, but I had some friends and parents kind of encourage me to do that. I started this as a seminar for churches. First, it was called Baggage Claim, uh, but it's kind of morphed over the years, obviously. So just in my conversations um, with a lot, of, probably hundreds of, of high school, college, middle school students, young adults, and then just reflecting on what is now for me, um, almost 30 years of full-time ministry, I just sort of kind of heard these common bags. So you mentioned a couple of them, the relational bags their performance bags, the identity bags, they're just huge. And, and kids today 
kind of just, they're struggling with all this baggage. And what the book does is hopefully paint a picture for parents, not just of what's going on with our kids, but, but hopefully the helpful part are, you know, what are some just practical tips, practical things you can do along the way to help your kids lighten the load? I call it kind of a, a, an awareness and a preventive maintenance plan. Because as I stepped into this, and as I started kind of thinking about this, I thought surely someone else has done this. And as I began to kind of look through kind of you know, things about emotional baggage, everything I found was about unpacking your bags. I mean, that's why we go to counseling, right? It's because we need to unpack our bags. I couldn't find anything about the, the kind of the awareness and the preventive maintenance on the front end. So that's really what the book's about. That's what the project's about. And what I really want to help parents see and feel is we, we can make a difference in where our kids get to in their young adult years through helping them pay attention to their bags. So long answer, but that's kind of the story behind the book. And, and you mentioned kind of three, you know, three of the eight bags that are super, super heavy for kids. Mm -hmm. I love, I love the, uh, the, the focus groups because yeah. how do you really accumulate information about kids or, or what parents are going through unless you're, you're hearing it, you're, talking about it right yeah um, and it's not just you don't have to it's like you don't have to go to therapy you can just right you know just go ahead and go to that all right so um how can the church utilize these principles with parents can the church help Oh, I think the church can help for sure. And, and one of the ways that the church can help is just to, to, like you said, be having the conversations. I think for years, the church steered away from having mental health conversations because the church didn't know what to do and, or how to deal with it. That has shifted and changed. And, and there are a lot of churches who are beginning to, to at least open the door and have conversations with parents about what kind of what's going on with us and our mental health, what's going on with our kids. So, so number one, I think the church can actually just be willing to have the conversations and the church has to be willing to understand you don't have to have all the answers. Part of what I've learned, Nancy, through the last couple of years, not just in this project, but also in a couple of other things I've been working on is oftentimes just getting people, and, and in my case, it's been parents most of the time, just getting parents in a room to have a conversation lowers everybody's blood pressure mm -hmm. because everybody just sort of says, oh, yeah, we are struggling with that, but so are you. And your family's crazy and we all have these issues that we're dealing with. And so, so I would just encourage churches to, to, to have, you know, have support groups, focus groups. They don't have to be something that you get somebody to sign up for, for a year or ongoing. I mean, a lot of things that, that I've done at my church and that, that I help other churches do is just to sort of build these moments where you bring in maybe an expert in the field to have a conversation around it and then just, just talk about it. Just be willing to have the conversations. And then, not just my book, there's lots of books out there that can give you just practical tools on ways to have conversations. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll tell you kind of this, um, over the last, it's probably been a five or six year journey for me now. And through that time, our kids, my son's 18 now. Uh, so he started, you know, when I started this project, he was probably 12, our daughter was 10. And so they've known that I've been doing this, obviously. Well, we're, we've been able to have conversations about emotional baggage and the bags that our kids are packing when they're kind of in their early teen years. And I think that's been incredibly valuable in our home because um, I didn't have those conversations when I was growing up and I don't know many people that did. So, so, so a, a, parents need to be willing to have the conversation amongst themselves Mm -hmm. And B, we need to facilitate parents having these conversations with their kids. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I'm passionate about is helping parents sit down with their kids and have the real conversations that they need to have. So that's two things I'd say churches need to do. So when the, there's steps in this book yeah. that they, the parents can take, yes. it's like guidance, it's guidance, it's information, it's problem solving. Yes. All in this book that will help. 
So, you know, sometimes it's hard for churches, like even like if parents really want to get something started, how would they just like begin that? How would they get like, say like this group started and then asking the expert in, like, how would they do yeah. that? Well, I would say obviously that the leadership of the church has to be on board with whatever is, is kind of being presented. And so if, if you're just a parent in your church and you want to have these conversations, not just again around my particular content, but around anything like this, is you just got to have a conversation with, you know, the youth pastor or the children's pastor or the senior pastor, whatever the right kind of leadership in your church is. Because I have found that when, when leadership in a church is willing to kind of lead the way in having these conversations, they're much more effective. Um, and so, you know, as a parent, of course, you could get a group of your friends together and uh, do kind of a small group and a study. I mean, in, in, in the book, there are questions at the end of each chapter that a group could sit around and talk about, or a, a family could sit around and say, talk, talk to the it. leadership in your church about having these critical conversations and then together figure out what's the right mechanism for your church to be able to do that. And you know what's good too, it just came to my mind is, is that you're also, you can invite people that, that may not oh, know who Jesus absolutely. is. Absolutely, Nancy. Yeah, because this particular language around the emotional baggage that we pack and lightening the load, it applies to everybody. There, there are certainly Christian principles in scripture that I've put in the book because that's yeah. the, the foundation from which it's all coming. But it resonates with everybody, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. So you can, anybody out there that wants to get this started, you know, you can just go ahead and like, you know, invite people that maybe they don't know Jesus, maybe they don't even know God is. And that's a great stepping stone in. And, and I'm sure Chris's book is going to help you do that. So Chris, you know, you say the breakdown in authority appears to be related to mm -hmm. the breakdown in the family. And what are some of the challenges parents face today? Well, I, I think, yes, it certainly is related to, to the breakdown in, in the family, because oftentimes, um, kids don't understand authority because they haven't seen a good model of authority in their home. I would also say, though, that even in, um, you know, kind of your traditional, what you might look at and say are healthy families, that there's, there are issues with authority. Here's just kind of a practical, you know, way, you know, I, I think oftentimes um, either entitlement creeps in for us as, as an adult or, uh, or, or, or just the way that we talk about authority. Like one of the stories I tell in the book is, I remember when, when our son was playing, uh, you know, recreational basketball and the coach that he had was just atrocious, terrible coach, had no idea what he was doing. And like it was, it, it, I, we, when we get in the car at the end of the game, I, I wanted to talk about how bad the coach was. But if I do that, what I'm doing is I'm planting the seed in my 10-year-old child or however old they are that we're going to talk bad about authority that's been put in place. Or what if my child has a teacher that, that maybe isn't cutting it and isn't doing a good job? If I, as the parent, spend time saying, oh, God, you know that you're, you're, you're not getting a fair shake. Your teacher's terrible. Uh, we're going to go talk to the, the, to the principal about this teacher. I am subtly planting a seed in my child that they don't have to really follow the authority. If I come home and I talk about my boss and how bad my work situation is, I'm planting a seed in my child subtly that they don't have to really follow authority. And so I think the book talks about just subtle kind of practical things we can do as, as adults. It's not just as parents, it's as adults to, to follow authority ourselves because we're under authority. <laughs> That's what scripture teaches us, right? Even if it's bad authority, um, and so, uh, I, I think in, in all of our homes, we need to model what it means to be under authority. That's one of the biggest issues with kids today is they don't see good models of what it means to be under authority. So therefore they're like, well, 
What is this authority thing? Who needs that? And so that's how they move through their life. This is such great guidance. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm teaching myself as I speak, just so you know. <laughs> hey, it's always the Holy Spirit, right? That's right. Yes, ma'am. So, all right. So, so my last kind of big question is, um, what, what, is, what is a lawnmower parent? Oh, gosh, this and, is and great. And why is that a bad idea? Well, it's not my idea. I, I found kind of the concept of a lawnmower parent through doing research for this book. But, but we've, we've all heard kind of helicopter parents, parents who hover over their kids. Lawnmower parent is a parent that basically plows the way. Yeah, another kind of term for it is a snowplow parent, depending on, I guess, where you live uh, in the world. <laughs> but, it's, but it's basically a parent that kind of does everything for their kid to sort of pave the way for their kid. And so therefore, their, their kids never really have to figure out how to do things and how to kind of operate in the world. And so the first time that a, a young adult, if you will, really kind of has to face the challenges of figuring out life, oftentimes is kind of once they graduate high school, if they're headed to college or kind of whatever the next, um, the next phase is. I, I've even heard stories through this research of uh, uh, parents of young adults going to job interviews with their young adults and negotiating benefits for them, right? That's, I that's cannot like, believe that. I know. That's like <laughs> the ultimate lawnmower parent. Um, but so, so kind of, the, you know, we really have to let our kids sort of navigate a lot of this stuff themselves. We have to guide them through it, of course, uh, help them kind of make the right choices. But we just can't do it for them. And way too many parents just do it for their kids for a long time. Yeah. And then no wonder their kids kind of fail to launch because their kids have never done it. Yeah, that's that's the enabler parent. You got right? it. It's the it's, it's same concept. Yes, ma'am. Where can people get this book, and how can they find out more about your ministry? Well, two two ways to get the book. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. It's right there, so you can go order it there, or you can go to um, thebagsbook.com. And certainly, if you have anybody else who's interested in learning more about the book, I'd send them there before mm -hmm. they go to Amazon. So it's thebagsbook.com. And if you order it from me there. You can also order a workbook to go along with it. Amazon does not have the workbook, but thebagsbook.com does. And then also um, there's a, a website that I use to kind of write some other articles and, and talk a little bit about this type of content, but a little bit more. But it's called equipandencourage.com. And so part of what I just want to do in life and ministry nowadays is to equip and encourage parents and leaders um, to help the next generation walk with God. I mean, that's just sort of what we need to be doing as people who are, you know, growing up and, and years ahead of these kids is how can we equip and encourage each other and, and, and them to grow in their faith. So equipandencourage.com or thebagsbook.com. Wonderful. And so what would you like to leave the audience with today? So I think the last thing I'll leave them with, Nancy, is um, it's, it's related to the relational bag, which is one of the biggest bags I think that kids are packing today. And, and this is a concept that I actually came up with during the pandemic. So a lot of the work that I did kind of outside of my normal church um, church job was in helping churches figure things out and, and what to do in, in the midst of the pandemic. And what a lot of churches did is they rushed to creating a lot of content for, for people online. I, I do that. I create content all the time. Um, and we had to do that kind of for the pandemic. But as, as people were coming back to church, uh, and we did some focus groups at our church around what people needed, what we heard was people wanted connection over content. Well, mm. I've applied that to kind of this parenting conversation as well. Um, our kids need connection over content, right? They, sure, they need content. They need to, you know, learn how to tie their shoes and learn how to do, you know, a lot of the things that they have to learn along the way and they need help with their homework at times and they need, you know, help navigating whatever. That's content. That's when we tell them what to do or we're directing them. Sure, they need that. They really crave, desire, need deep down in their soul connection 
with us. And oftentimes as a parent, just life can be so practical and, and we can just get into a functional relationship with our kids that we miss the connection piece. Because at the end of the day, everybody's exhausted and wants to go to their corner and grab their device and just sort of veg for a while. And what we've got to do as parents and, and even just as adults is focus on connection over content, um, which is just really uh, becoming a little bit of a lost art because content's important. Well, you and I are creating content right now. We got to do it. It's helpful for people. But if we just do content, we don't do connection and we're missing something. So connection over content is what I'd love to leave people with. Thank you for watching the call. We hope that this video has encouraged you today. You know, you can have a relationship with Jesus. All you have to do is invite him into your life, repent of sins, ask for forgiveness, and make Jesus your Lord and Savior. And if this video has encouraged you in any way, please write your comments below. Until the next time, may the Lord be with you. Thank you for watching the call where we are leading you to Christ through stories and teaching.